have found out is the only way to discover the purpose of anything is that you have to some way get into the mind of the creator. I call it original intent. Say that with me, original intent. So if you want to find out the purpose of a person, then you have to be able to get into the mind of the one that created the person. You can't listen to that person or this person. or You've got to get into the mind of the one that created the person. Isn't that true? Okay. If you want to find out about a Dodge truck, you don't go to the Ford dealership. If you want to find out about a Chevrolet, you don't go to the Dodge dealership. You, what do you do? You, you take it to the manufacturer. You take it to the one that created it and built it in the first place to find out what its purpose is and what its function is. Amen? There's no way for you and I or anyone else to live successfully and function in life outside of God. Because God is the one that created us. And if you ever want to find out why you're here, you've got to go into the mind of God. So if you want to know why you're here, if you want to know what your purpose is, you have to go to God and you have to find out what God's original intent for making man and woman is. And in order to find out original intent, you have to go back to the book of Genesis. Because that's when he, here we go, originally made man and woman. And my, 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 have we not been just going into the book of Genesis and diving into that thing and finding out what God's original intent and purpose is for men. So it is my prayer that as we continue to learn and find out, um, it's my prayer that as we do that, that men, especially in this church, would re-engage and function in that area of life. Amen. Is this all right? Secondly, my prayer is that, that, that women would allow men to re-engage in that purpose in life. Right? And, and, and watch this. Even for women to have an understanding of what to look for in a godly man. Y'all... Some women just say, I don't even care. You know, I'll get whatever straggles along, you know. For women to understand what a godly man looks like. Same thing. I was, it was true. It was true. Were the godly traits of a man that's supposed to possess? What God expects a man to possess? What are the roles that God expects men to function in and operate in? These messages are... Um, not very easy to preach. They are very challenging, um, but they are very eye-opening. Okay, so let's pray and we'll get right into it. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this day. Thank you for this personal journey that I'm in, and thank you for the ability to present my journey to the congregation in the, that what I believe is the word for the house. In Jesus' name, amen. After talking about these kinds of things every week, um, I want to address something before I jump into it because one of, my, one, of, one of my real close friends, we talk all the time, and I was telling him the journey that we've been on in the church, and he's like, man, that's good, it's, it's truth, but let me ask you something. How do you, how do you approach 
how do you approach things in your church for people who are um, not there or maybe single folks and th- stuff like that? Because you, you, you have to preach truth, but there's always that thing that you have to try, uh, try to balance out. And I want to say this to us today, that faults happen. Things happen. And I don't need you to even say amen to that. I'll say amen to that my own self. Things get messy. Things get nasty. And someone would say, you know what? I did not ask for the situation that I'm in. I, I, I understand that full well. Uh, maybe I couldn't do anything about what happened. I understand that full well. Um, and the frustration list is heavy and it's long. But I want you to hear me today. Let me say this. I am not coming to this pulpit in attempt to fix your mess or fix my mess. This is not an attempt to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Right? I am, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm doing is I'm simply diving into the Word of God, and I'm pulling out the standard of God. And I'm simply preaching to you what the standard of God is. I'm only preaching standard. I have not gotten anywhere remotely close to the messages that God has laid on my heart to what I believe he's shown me that we need to shift back towards the right way. I haven't even began to talk about that. I'm simply preaching the standard that's found in the Word of God. When any Christian goes to the Word of God, they find that standard. And I feel like it's my responsibility to contextual exegete that standard and present it to you. Because the first step in getting back to the right place is knowing what place to go to. It's not trying to fix the mess and then say you're just squandering around in the dark. The first step is to establish standard and it's to establish the vision of once you're fixed, what next? Where do I go from here? So we move towards something. We can't move towards something if we don't know it. So this morning, I'm not minimizing anyone's role. This is not me criticizing anyone for what they've done good or for what they've not done. I am simply going into the Word of God and extracting, catch this, divine order. I'm only presenting original intent and divine order. So this is God's intent. And the reason that I like messages like this is because what it does to 100% of us is that it exposes the areas that we're weak in and it causes us to make adjustments. But watch, what happens when you get exposed in your weakness, make adjustments and leave? You change. Isn't that what you want? Nobody wants to, listen, I'm going to chase a hope. Nobody wants to go to a church only to leave the same way that they came. Nobody does that. You didn't come to church just so that you could feel good about yourself and the way you're living. You came because you want to be changed by the Word of God. Listen to me. The only way to do that is for someone to expose the areas that need to be changed. Oh, man. So I'm there with you. Some of us are a small amount away. Some of us are 70 miles away. Uh, But just stay with me. Stay locked in. And again, I'm simply stating and setting standards and showing differences. Everybody all right? Let's move into this. 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, it's, it's going to get a little tight for a minute. But, uh, I, I mean, I'm telling you it's going to be tight. I, I debated on putting a couple of things in there when I thought, that I better not say that. I don't know about it. Anyways, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 2. Verse 1. 
Y'all ready? Whew, it's going to be Charlie, man. It's going to get good. Wives. It's already good. You ready? Be submissive. Super good. To your husbands. Watch. That even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their lives. In other words, wives, be submissive to your husbands, even to the husbands that don't obey the word of the Lord. Even to the husbands that don't follow God. Wives are to be submissive to them. How do we do this? It tells you, without a word. Without a word. Why? So that they may be one. In other words... So they may come into the faith, watch, by the way you live your life. Hear me, women, I can't let you go today. What that means is you can't blow them out every time they walk through the front door because they're not living right. Hello? I know I'm helping somebody. I knew I would be. Some of us men, we're just too, what are they going to say? We're going to say. Watch. A man has to see you living right. Why? Because the way a man is built, he's not changed with words, he's changed with conduct. Hmm? When you're standing in the checkout line at Walmart, you know the magazines? Everybody knows the magazines? You've probably seen a lot of the same ones I have. Many times they say things like this, seven ways to please your man. Eight things every husband needs. Ten ways to win your man back. Don't lose me right here. Every one of those magazines are written by women. Every one. Why? Because we live in a generation that has been polluted by mothers who have constantly told their kids how bad their man was. So they go out and get a good, a good man that's been polluted by mama's bad man and they treat a good man like mama's man watch and they lose a good thing why because the only thing they've ever heard about a man was from a woman that had a bad one that's just the first verse it's going to get good verse 3 do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing the gold, or putting on fine apparel. In other words, there's nothing wrong with looking good, but don't make your outward appearance the constant focus of your life. Verse number four, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart 
with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. Watch. I think sometimes we forget this is actually in there. A gentle and a quiet spirit on a woman is precious in the sight of God. Right, right there, I read it right out of the Word. Right out of the Word. In other words, bodies change. Y'all better say amen to that. Skin changes. I hope mine changes. Hair changes. Isn't that right? Body tones change. What about this? Body symmetry, uh, symmetry changes. Come on, somebody. It goes from a Coke bottle to a milk jug. Everything on the outside constantly changes, but don't get discouraged by the milk jug. Concentrate on the inner beauty, thus saith the Lord. Come on, somebody. Don't worry about it. I'm not going to get into verse 5 and verse 6 because that's where uh, Sarah called her husband Abraham Lord. I'm not going to get into that today because me and some, th some things will just never be. It'll never happen. So I'm just going to skip that and just jump right into verse 7. And this is the point of my message today. Verse number seven, husbands. Here it is. This is where I'll get my everything. This one verse is just whew, so packed. Husbands, likewise, dwell with them with understanding. The King James Version, if I'm right about it, says with knowledge. Dwell with them with understanding. Watch, giving honor to the, to the wife. You know what honor is? Honor is this. That's honor. Waking up every morning of your life, rolling over to look at your wife with her hair sitting sideways and her House coat on. <sighs> Watch, we've seen this in here, but we've not known what it meant. Giving honor to your wife. Watch, as to the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life. Now here's another thing that we miss that your prayers may not be hindered. We don't like to talk about that too much. But all a person can do is read that and believe that it says that and make the adjustments in our life. Watch. So there's a reason that your prayers are not being answered. There's a reason why. And according to 1 Peter, the reason that many times our prayers are not being answered is because it has everything to do with how we relate to each other in the home and the divine order of our house. The man and woman are different. Right? And I know this is very elementary, but it's profound, especially in the day that we live in. Everyone still with me today? Adam started out all alone. You still with me? Watch this. Keep, keep with me. God laid Adam down. 
when he got ready to create Eve. But watch, God did not go back into the dirt and create Eve the same way that he created Adam. Watch this. God took what was already created, pulled from that, and made woman. He took what he had already created, he pulled it apart. He watched this. He pulled something out of the thing that he already created. He didn't go back in himself again, and he didn't go back into the dust again. He went into what he'd already made. So watch this. Here we go. This is the roller coaster. That means man by himself simply doesn't have all that he needs. Why? Because something was taken out of him. I'm preaching better than you're letting on. Again, I'm just preaching standard today. Ladies, I know this is somewhat humorous, but the first thing that God said about man was it's not good for man to be all alone. Out of all the commentary and of all the comments and out of all the things that he could have said, he said it's not good for man to be alone. Now when you break that word alone down in the English and the Hebrew, it still means the same thing, all one. It's not good for man, the thing that he created, to be all one. I'm not a debater, but I would, I would confidently debate this with any theologian. That when Adam was originally made, there we go, originally made, he was both male and female. Adam was both male and female, but watch this, he was created in the image of God. Here's something else that you might not know about God. God has the ability within himself to reproduce without having any outside help. He doesn't have to have any other agent. He doesn't have to have any other person. He doesn't have to have anything else to be able to reproduce of himself. He can multiply all by himself. Yep, that's true. So God makes Adam, and he says... This thing that I've made, it's exactly like me. It was created in my image, but there is one area in this creation that is like me that doesn't need to be like me. Because of, as of right now, Adam can reproduce from himself. Adam can multiply all by himself. Why? Because he was created just like God. God can reproduce all by himself, but he pulls something out of him and he extracts something out of Adam. Oh, my Lord. And it's the thing that's necessary for multiplication. He pulls out of Adam the woman. That's Bible. Even if, That's Bible. Hello? Out of Adam comes. So we're, we're, we're on the same page. We're all in agreement so far. I'm going to pull the very thing out of Adam that's necessary for multiplication. I'm going to pull the woman out of Adam. And now, watch this, it's going to require a coming together as one in order to reproduce. Because the fact of the matter is, nothing can be reproduced in the earth unless man and woman, watch this, come together as one. Because, y'all missing it, the only way to reproduce is to be one. They reproduced by themselves when they were one. God pulled them apart. But the only way to reproduce again is for the two to become one. I'm telling you today, whether you believe it or not, it's the Word, and that's God's original intent. Hallelujah. 
This is why sex is so powerful. Sex is powerful, and it is driving the culture, and it is driving the generation in which we live today. Why? Because when a man and a woman comes together, what they're doing, whether you know it or not, is that they're redefining the original intent of God, and they're redefining what was always meant to be. And watch this. The explosion that happens when two people come together in sex is God's original intent. Look at your neighbor and say, he's been known to say anything. So God takes woman out from Adam. That means man doesn't have what a woman possesses. And that means a woman doesn't have what a man possesses. But watch, together they have all they need. According to Scripture, men and women are different. We are made differently. We are not anywhere close to the same. So we live in a marriage where we become one and we get on each other's nerves and we stay frustrated with one another. But watch, I still need you badly because you're not like me, we fuss. Because you're not like me, we don't understand each other. But watch this, I can't make it without you and you can't make it without me. Because it's only when a man and a woman come together that they become one flesh. And I just want to remind us that when God created Adam, it was one flesh. Listen to me. I, I want to I veer for a minute here. I want you to understand something. That's why, that's why marriage is such a precious covenant to God. Because marriage, watch this, is a picture of the original intent of mankind. That's all right. My marriage is getting better as I speak. So a woman automatically has what I do not have. Why? Because she came out of me. And she is different than me. And as a man, I have to understand that the responsibility is on me to know the difference. So woman is different because she possesses things that I do not. But at the same time, watch this. We, we're different. She has what I don't have and I have what she don't have. But watch, the things that she has becomes my deficiency because she has them and I don't. The things that I have, she don't have. They become her deficiency. They become my weakness. The same is true on the other side. This is why no one can say that I am exclusively the image of God. Woman can't say that women are exclusively the image of God. That's not true. Men are not exclusively the image of God. Watch this. When they come together, that picture is the image of God. 
I, I want you to catch this because Christianity, maybe we've missed it. And I feel like we have in our tradition. The Christianity was never meant to be alone. Christianity, we, we, could, we could call that another thing, connection, connectivity. Watch this. Think about this. You cannot legally say you're the church all by yourself because you are not. You can't walk around saying, well, I'm the church, I'm the church. No, you're not. The church is you gathering with other people. It's the ecclesia. It's called the coming together. Watch this. And when you come together, that is the image of the church. I'm, I'm telling you, you may not, you're, not, you're not agging on like I'm preaching, but marriage, this is why marriage is so powerful. Because marriage becomes the picture of God's original intent and original design of man and woman. And there are times that people use Paul's thing about, about being alone. And I'm not here to criticize anyone that is single. But I want you to understand, unless God gives you a grace and an ability to stay single, it will be a hard life. I'll say amen for you. Because the only time the Bible mentions about being single is when Paul talks about it and it was an actual gift and an actual grace only for the purpose of pursuing God in a greater degree. Why? Because everybody who knows everybody knows that you can pursue God more when you don't have a family. Okay. So while it's so difficult sometimes because we're so different, we desperately, we need desperately the things that the person has. Watch this. And when you come together, my weaknesses become my strength. And her weaknesses become her strength when you put the two together. So men and women are both weak in areas. Um, we both possess things that the other person does not have. And they become strengths. Um, Here's, here's my point to men today, to understand that reality. Men, I want us to know that the responsibility of understanding everything that I just said, understanding that, hear me, men, that is our responsibility. God says, men, dwell with your wives with understanding. He didn't tell the women to dwell with their husbands with understanding. He said, men, Dwell with your wives. You're responsible for understanding the difference. Can we just get a little simple for a minute? Why is it the man's responsibility to understand the woman and it's not the woman's responsibility to understand the man? Y'all ready? Because men ain't hard to understand. Huh? Ladies, do you know that God's responsibility on us as men is to live continually with you with understanding. Women, I don't know if you know this about yourself or not, but women are a complex being. Yes, thank you, sir. And it is the constant assignment of every man to understand the complexities of their wife. Amen. I'm helping you out right now. Can I just show you by example for a minute? Men, we talk linear, don't we? Straight line. We get ready to land a plane, it's just zoom. Straight line, straight to the point. Women don't talk like that. Women talk in circles. Men talk in straight lines. These are not criticisms. These are just observations. Men talk in straight lines. Women talk in circles. Watch this. 
there's a reason that every single couple that has ever been known as a couple always argue about food. You ever argued about food? For those of you that agree, you're telling the truth. For those of you that have not agreed, lightning's about to strike. <laughs> Women, this is how men talk. <clears throat> I'm hungry. It itches. You going? I'm tired. It's sore. That's how men talk. Ladies don't talk like that. I could be gone all day long, worked hard all day long, shovel, ditch, worked hard out in the field, worked hard in the office. I could come home, walk through that front door and say, Christy, what's for supper? What's for supper? Let me just stop right here before I go any further. I won't make a disclaimer. <laughs> to all the ladies, when every single man says what's for supper, there is no hidden agenda. We actually want to know what's for supper. We just want to know what's for supper. <clears throat> well, let me just tell you. This morning, I was thought about cooking chicken, and then I found a coupon book, and then it, uh, it really reminded me that I needed to get chicken. And I saw at Food Center, you could go buy two, get two free. And you know what? I went down to Food Center. Did you know that their power was out? So I left Food Center, went to Family Market, and they was twice. You know I'm not going to pay twice as much for chicken at Family Market than I could at Food Center. You know, and when I got there, I just decided to have soup, so I went and get some vegetables. And you know, when I was getting them vegetables, I ran into Harry Williams. She is pregnant, and that is her fifth baby. <laughs> and you know, I, I finally got ready to load my car, and I went out to the parking lot and, and twisted my ankle. And, 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 and you know, Grace was screaming and yelling, giving me an attitude. You know, you need to talk to your daughter. And the whole time I'm standing there like, Why? Just tell me we having soup. All I want to know is soup. What we having for supper? S-O-U-P. Soup. All I want to know is soup. Straight line. What we having for supper? Soup. Done. Isn't that true? I want to talk about Harry Williams, baby. I don't want to know about the power going off. I don't, know, I don't want to know about all the coupons. I just want to know soup. So, men, we talk linear. Women talk in circles. Watch this. But, men, did you know that it's the burden of a man to actually understand that? Let me, let me, let me help us all out. Men... It's our responsibility to change and adapt to that. It's not her responsibility to stop talking circular. I had a few women help me out, but I thought I'd have 100%. Thought I'd have 100%. Men, women talk about their feelings. This is why there's frustrations many times in the home. Can anybody relate? Nope, just us, baby. We're alone today. Because men just want facts. Women talk about feelings. 
We want soup. Watch this. They want to talk about their experience. Watch this. This is why a woman talks about her experience. She just wants her man to give attention about the things that she went through. Watch this. What she really is saying without saying it is that she wants you to appreciate the experience and everything she had to go through to get you the soup. So men, we are, according to 1 Peter, to take our wives. We are to honor them as to the weaker vessel. And I want to say this, and I'm not here to offend. I pray that our ladies are mature enough to handle this. The word weak here, you can look this up yourself, as the weaker vessel, it does not mean weaker in stature, and it does not mean weaker... Physically, it means weaker socially. It means morally weaker. According to Scripture, women are morally weaker. In other words, here's what that means. The moral strength of the home was never intended to lie on the hands of the woman. The moral compass of the home was intended, God's intention, to be on the Father. So that, why? So that when life comes to pull the family apart in other directions, that man is supposed to drive the pylons of his character so deep uh, so that his family, he could keep them together within the boundaries that was set by the moral compass in times of trouble. So God puts structure in the home and sets forth divine order. And again, I'm not criticizing anyone and their situation when things don't work out because when things don't work out, you have to do the very best you can do. And I applaud you and my hats go off to you when you have to do that. I'm simply giving you purpose, original intent, and divine order. God tells me to understand that my wife and my entire family, that I'm supposed to, as a man, take them in and understand that God is going to hold me as the man of my home morally accountable for what happens in my family. I want us to understand that when Eve was tricked and she strayed away, she got off the path and she started doing things that she shouldn't have done. She was deceived. God never showed up and said, Eve, where are you? He showed up and said, Adam, where are you? This is, I know that it may not be your fault, men. We have free will, but listen, I know this is strong, but keep your free will to yourself. Because as a man, I may not, it may not be my fault, but it is my responsibility. Thank you, Lord. Say amen. It's my responsibility. Hear me, men. It is our responsibility of what goes on in my home. And if there's anything that's not right going on in my home, it means it happened while I was on the watch, and it happened on my clock, and it means I let up a window that shouldn't have been open. I allow compromise when I should have stuck to the boundaries of the moral compass of my life. Somebody praise God. Dwell with her, understand her, and honor her. And then bring her in and protect her and guard her as the weaker vessel. Men, what does it mean to be a godly man? It means that you stand up to be a man and you set the moral compass of your home. 
Stop letting ladies do it, what you're called to do. Is that, is that too hard to ask? Is, is that too much of a man to do? Hmm? Man, we, we, we can't afford to be running around acting crazy without restraint. Man, you can't start a family and have no vision. You, there's, those days are gone. We got to stop that. You, you, can't, you can't start a family and have no standards to go by. You can't start a family and have no morals about you. What do you believe? I don't know. Let me call grandma. That's not good enough. What, what do you believe? Let me go to the Word and tell you why I believe what I believe. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If you believe something because someone told you, then you really don't believe it. You really don't. Honestly, you don't. Because the only real revelation that comes to your life is the one you get yourself. It's, it's when, when the pastor says that the original intent of Adam was male and female, it pushes everyone's envelopes off their table. But when you go home and God shows that to you yourself, then it becomes a reality. With anything. That's how it works. You, you, you can't say that, well, I believe in Jesus, until the Holy Spirit convicts you of that. This is true of anything. I'm saying I'm looking for men who have morals about them again. We need to be men that have, an, we, we need to be examples to the community with our morals and what that's supposed to look like. We can't take a back seat. We can't run around acting crazy. Come on, somebody. We need men that'll say, you know what, there's a line drawn. And we're not going to cross that line. Wait, there's another line. We're not going to go outside those lines anymore. We're gonna, here's, this is what we need. We need men to say, this is the way we're going to walk in it. We're going to walk in it. I, I'm reminded of the statistic that I shared with you several weeks back, that when a man goes to church, 90% of the home goes. Why? That's the anointing that God gives men to do. Look, this is the line we're going to walk in it. When, when mom goes to church, only 20% goes. There's a reason those statistics are statistics. We need, we need men that will say this. Catch this verse. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hmm? And people have different parents. I'm not jumping on your case, but if you live in my house, we're going to church. At least you're going to, go, you're going to be in church no matter what. It's because church is not an option. It's a lifestyle. Once again, I'm looking for people who would draw the line and say, from this day forward, you don't have to worry about me. I've drawn the line in the sand. The boundaries are set for my family, and I'm not going to let my family veer to the left, and I'm not going to let my family veer to the right. We have dropped the ball with our families. This is my concern. We chase things hoping to reconstruct our family, and it's so funny that we use everything except the Word of God. It's so, I say it's funny, not because I'm laughing at anyone, because it's comical to me to watch people within the church at large on how they'll chase out 
they chase every other thing to try to bring their family back in line. And they have all these worldly systems that they bring in their family. And then we come to church and we're frustrated because we can't see change. My question is, have you actually applied the Word of God to your life? Because here's the reality. It's impossible. It's impossible to apply this Word and not change. It's impossible. Every head bowed and every eye closed. My prayer today is, Lord, that you would help us as men, first of all, to understand and realize our need for you. I am praying for every man of this house to have a heart and a soul on fire for God, to where their heart burns for you. I pray that the men would be the leaders of their home, that they would lead in devotion, that they're the ones that would set the tone and the atmosphere for their house, that they would just not criticize everyone else in the home for not reading and praying, but they would show them how to do it themselves. I pray for the prayer that needs to start in some homes. I pray that the man holds the responsibility and begins to have prayer with his family. I pray, God, that you would let us men lead by example. I pray that you would help us to honor our wives, to dwell with them with the understanding. And, God, some of us, we need help just to understand. God, we're so different sometimes, and the difficulties are so frustrating at times. I pray for an understanding spirit upon every man. We would understand that we're not made like woman. But God, she is there, and if we understand her, and if we honor her, then her strengths become our strengths. And our weaknesses and our deficiencies are made void because we've come together. The Bible says that a man that finds a wife finds a good thing. And I pray for every man today to take hold of the responsibility to not push against the goads and kick against the rocks, but, God, that they would embrace the truth of the Word and let it change their life. God, that men from all over would stand up to say, I want to be an example of what it looks like to be a man of purpose. I'm not here by accident. I've got a reason to exist. We, we talk about family men, and if any man that has a family that's not a family man, then they're not fulfilling their purpose in life. I pray for the fire of God today. I pray for women to understand that as well. I pray for the women of this house to allow their men to function in the role that God created them for. I pray, God, that just as many women as we have praying in an altar, we'll have men praying there too. Just as many women volunteers we have in the church, I pray that men would step up and volunteer and serve in the house of God as well. I pray that together, God, even as men and women of this church, as we come together. That's why the coming together is so powerful. It's so anointed. That's why corporate worship is powerful, because there's something unique and special about men and women of faith coming together. So today, God, I pray over them. I pray your hedge of protection around them. I pray that as they go into this Memorial Day weekend, I pray that you would keep them safe from all harm. 
In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Love you guys. Shake hands. Be friendly.